Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Throat and Rotation podcast. I'm Ashley Cadell and I'm joined by Harry Discombe and Reese Davidson. So what we're going to do here today is we're just going to get through uh, some of the latest hot topics uh, currently surrounding the NFL. We're then going to have a little look into free agency. Um, it's a bit of a broad topic, but we're just going to have a winner and loser uh, from, from each of us. And then afterwards, we'll crack on to a rookie draft pick that we would like each of our teams to pick. So, Harry. Got some news for you, boys. Yeah. So, um, the biggest breaking news, I'd say, over the last couple of days is that the Browns have signed someone to yet another record-breaking contract. This time it's cornerback Denzel Ward, who has signed a five-year, $100.5 million extension, $71 million of which is guaranteed, which um, apparently makes him the highest paid corner in NFL history. And this is obviously coming very soon after the Browns gave that ridiculous guaranteed money contract to Deshaun Watson. So um, we're going to touch on the Browns a bit later. We're going to touch on Baker Mayfield and all that situation, Deshaun Watson, a bit later. But but this is quite interesting. Um, Denzel Ward is a, a great young corner. Um, he's got a PFF grade of... Uh, he's, had a, he's had a grade of 70-plus, PFF grade of 70-plus every, every year since he entered the league. Um, he's only going to be 25 when it, when it starts in September. But the worrying thing is for the Browns, so they've, they've secured a good a good young player to a in an important position to a long-time contract, but they've got three players in their salary cap next year locked up for over $100 million. Miles Garrett, Deshaun Watson, and now Denzel Ward. So could we potentially see if a few issues come in, come in with that, with the, the Browns going all in now, but are they ready to? Mm. Yeah, I mean, saw about Denzel Ward as well, and the only issue is with his injuries. He's yet to play a full season, so mm. big money there is quite interesting. But the Browns are just in the headlines at the minute. I saw earlier mm. today another bit of extra and the latest news. They're being investigated for providing incentives to then head coach Hugh Jackson during 2016 and 2017. Um, obviously, they went, um, I don't even know if they, they might have won one or two games over them two seasons. Yeah, just um, a one. Yeah, so um, the Browns, they're, they're hot. They're really hot at the minute. I, I think they, it might be a bit of an effort to um, go now. Um, obviously, they don't know what's going to happen with the Sean um, penalty-wise from the NFL. So it might be a bit of an effort to just go for it while they've, they're guaranteed to have him before the suspension hits. Yeah, true. Suspension could come at any time, but but they definitely could come in into it. The timing of the of the extension is kind of interesting to me. That you don't see a lot of big extensions just before the draft. I'm thinking maybe they're trying to uh, gloss over the Deshaun Watson news, get mm. into the get into the news for something else. But we'll discuss all that later. Also, Browns related news is Baker Mayfield. Um, there's been a lot of buzz about him and the Carolina Panthers, who are obviously desperate for a quarterback at the minute, paying Sam Darnold about 18 million next year. Um, so there's been rumours that he's been talking with them. Um, but also I think they've been trying to float rumours that they might they might draft Kenny Pickett, might draft someone with that 106, I think they've got. Um, but again, we'll touch on Baker Mayfield a bit later. Uh, looks like the Panthers are getting very desperate, doesn't it? Mm, it does, it does. But... I was going to... Um, who was it? We were talking yesterday, Reese, and it was... Uh, was it Kyle Brandt who said... Um, what did he say? 
he said that he would. He's not sure that Baker would be a better option than Donald. Oh, that's um, he crazy. said there was a couple other options that he could see. One being potentially trading for Jordan Love from the Packers, which interested me. Um, but I think they're just in a bit of disarray at the moment. The, I, w- I was hearing the coaching staff basically need to perform this season to get yeah. their extensions, but yeah. it's just not really worked out at quarterback for them. And That's what happens when you, take, good. when you take a massive swing at, uh, at Sam Darnold. But we'll, we'll get into those quarterbacks a bit later. Just wanted to, before we go into detail a bit on Ash's team, the Cardinals and the Kyler Murray situation, just kind of explain why Kyler Murray is in the news at the minute. I think it was Tom Pelissero last week who first reported that um, Kyler Murray was not prepared to play next year without a new contract extension. Um, and then I think since then, there's been multiple sources um, kind of report that the Cardinals are not prepared to give Kyler Murray that extension before this season. So one question for you both, because we will go, we will delve deeper into this a bit later on. But but Reese, you can go first. Who will Kyler Murray be playing for week one next year? I honestly think he will, as, as much as it saddens me to say, I think it's going to be the Cardinals. I think it's just a player that's a bit unhappy with how free agency has gone, as we'll touch on in a bit. But I think the the actions he's taken is to ensure that he has some weapons around him and to ensure that he gets paid what he thinks he's worth. But I think it's I think it's all just publicity to ensure he gets what he wants. Although I am sure that if it came to it, he does, he would leave if that's what he needed to do. Mm. What a bloody, what a sensible, well thought out answer. I was hoping you'd say the Seahawks or something just to really piss Ash off. But same (laughs) question to you, Ash. I'm guessing it's going to be the same answer. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely similar. Um, As I said, I think a lot of it is noise. And, uh, you know, uh, especially, especially from, from a point of view, you know, similar for, with Arsenal, you know, for years and years I've seen top players leave because they're, they're, their ambition hasn't been there from higher up. And, you know, I can't, I can't blame him. You know, th- this free agency has been a bit of a disaster. Uh, we've not looked like we've improved one bit. We've gone backwards, if anything, um, uh, you know, and... Kyler's an elite QB, you know, he, he's, you you see how difficult it is to find uh, that them top level QBs at the minute. There's so many teams trying to get just anyone who's even remotely good enough to play the position week in, week out. So we'd be, I think it'd be silly for us to not get it, but no, I, my, it's probably more my, my heart going than my head, but I think he's going to stay in Arizona. It sounds like it's a combination of your heart and your head, to be fair. Um, but yeah, a bit of both. Yeah, My I answer think... is that I know exactly who will be playing for uh, week one next year, and that's the New York Yankees. He's going to burn off. <laughs> no, it's not the sport for him. He's going to go play that, baseball. That's what I was going to touch on. I was going to say um, it's a PR stunt to make sure he's got the weapons he wants. He's he's proven he's an ambitious young guy. Mm. Projected first round for the MLB as well as the NFL. Mm. So we know the we know there's a winner there, but what is he gonna do to ensure that he can win? Uh, that's the big question. 
that's a great uh, way to end this little intro, this little news bit. We'll end it there because we, we're touching on things we're going to be talking about later. So join us after this short break where we'll talk about our winners and losers of off-season so far. So welcome back to the Throwing Rotation podcast. Um, as we said, we're now going to have a little look at uh, free agency. We could be here for days and hours talking about it, but we're just going to have one winner and one loser each. Um, we've already had so many big moves, but we'll just go through a few of them now. So, Reese, uh, let's hear a winner from free agency from you. So my winner of free agency is the one and only Vaughn Miller. You know, he's, he was at the Broncos got a ring at the Broncos and then it went a bit quiet, didn't have much around him, got a big move to the Rams. I lived the early lifestyle for a few months, picked up a ring and now he's moving to the favourites to win the Super Bowl next year. He's moving to last season's number one defence. I don't think it could have worked out any better for him, if I'm honest. But in that sense, I was also thinking the Rams could be potential winners because they've lost one another, but they've got in Bobby Wagner. They've got in some nice other pieces. Um, and I think losing Miller at linebacker and replacing, well, not replacing him fully, but getting Wagner in, it basically fills that gap. So I think it was close, but I think for me, Von Miller is the real winner. Yeah, to me, it's interesting that that you say Von Miller instead of the Bills because um, I think with the, was it five or six year contract, there's a lot of money involved. So much money. So for the Bills, I think it might be a, a bit of a risk. Like I said, they've, they've already got a great D, so, um, you know, they didn't necessarily need this. They're just hoping that this pushes them over the edge. However... Uh, look at Von Miller before he went to the Broncos um, and the Broncos have had a, a, a before he went to the Rams, sorry, um, after winning that MVP in the Super Bowl. Uh, the Broncos have had a, a good D since then, but um, no offense, no quarterback. And and he's been struggling to find the field at times and he's definitely had his impact uh, cut short uh, rather than what it normally is. So for yeah. me, it's a bit of a, it's a risk for the Bills insofar as it's a long contract. Some of it will be avoidable. Um, and not guaranteed or whatever, but um, it's a bit of a risk for, for the Bills. I'm, I'm not 100% sure it'll pay off. This is age You've said the word right out of my mouth. Uh, yeah, that's, that's why I did not pick the Bills, because I think this could be a bit of a risk. But a pass rusher is something that we've been desperate for, an elite pass rusher. And getting Vaughn Miller in, if we can keep him fit, I think he is the final piece to take us to the final destination, really. And like I say, it, it you're not relying on him, uh, like just like the Rams. The Rams didn't need him. It was that piece that if he does reach a ceiling or get somewhere close to that, then it's going to push you over the edge. And yeah. that's what you need from him, really. You don't need him to play uh, play all this, all the defensive snaps and you don't need yeah. him to, to be your main guy in your team. Um, you just need him... For that impact, for that extra little bit. Yeah, we don't, uh, we don't, we don't need him to rely on. We need him just to. And the thing is, bringing him in, we've got a young defensive, defensive edges, um, so he can help them develop. 
Yeah, Gre- um, Gregory Rousseau in the first round yeah. last year. Yeah. yeah. So there's there's a lot of good that can come from it, even if he isn't the best on the field. It could still. I know it's oh, a big yeah. risk with the money, but it is still going to be beneficial either way. The Bills will be able to get out of that contract in two or three years. I'm not sure the specifics, but it, it won't be as bad as it sounds. Plus, like you just touched on there, he's going to be a great locker room guy. He's such a great personality and, and a, a born winner, as as you can see. So I think overall, it, it is a good move for both parties. Yeah. Um, Ash, have you got a little winner or loser for us? Yeah, we'll, we'll go for a winner. And um, my winner is um, the Jets, actually. Um, I'm pretty hot on them at the minute, and I think um, they've made some nice moves in free agency, um, mainly with uh, Lakin Tomlinson. Uh, they've got him in from the, the 49ers, and in 2021, he had a 73.6 uh, PFF grade, and he was ranked 13th out of 82 for guards. Um, he's developed as one of the best guards in the league under Kyle Shanahan. And I think they're really now sort of building that O-line for Zach Wilson. Um, you know, they drafted Elijah Vera Tucker in the first round last year. And, you know, he had a solid rookie season. And I think he can push on now. Um, they've also got Conor McGovern at centre. He had his best PFF grade last season. And he's ranked ninth out of 39 for centres. Uh, and obviously, let's not forget, they've also got um, Mekki Beckton, who's... Um, a former first round pick and he's had injury issues but building in there I think you know they, they, they're they looking strong there uh, and I think there's also uh, probably going to draft in another tackle um, and early on in the first round so I really feel like they're building that solid foundation uh, for Zach Wilson yeah. to prosper yeah, they definitely needed to to bolster the offensive line. The way that um, Zach Wilson plays and the way that the offensive line played last year is obviously maybe their biggest need. Um, I just have a few a few worries. Like I'm not sure that is a formidable offensive line or even one you can trust throughout 17 games. Uh, like you said, if the upside of it is is very high. Like you say, you've got Lake in there. Um, Mackay Beckton, if if he manages to get fit, uh, he could be a real beast uh, at tackle. Plus, they've got their two top 10 picks this year. Um, but I can easily see it going the other way. And some of the guys that have struggled to get on the pitch, struggle to get on the pitch. Yeah, sure. And, and it, it doesn't turn into a, yeah. as good of an offensive line as they would hope. I would also say about the, about the Jets, um, they've really swung and missed this year. They're, they're a desperate at wide receiver. And they've they swung and missed on Tyreek Hill. Devante Adams, DK Metcalf, Amari Cooper, some of it, some some of whom were available and went to other teams instead of Jets. Uh, they kind of have the difficulty attracting free agents. That's what happens when you're such a bad franchise for such I a think, long time. I think a good move they did make though was getting CJ Ozuna in. That time yeah, I, I was gonna, that's... I was gonna move on to that actually. Um, they added in a couple of really nice pieces at tight end. Um, as you just said, Reese, uh, CJ Azoma, he had a, his best season with the Bengals last year. And they also got in Tyler Conklin from the Vikings. Uh, you know, they're two uh, very good um, tight ends. And I understand what you're saying, Harry, about the receivers. But, you know, they've got Elijah Moore, who had a solid rookie campaign. Uh, Corey Davis is there as well. Um you know, they're still going to be drafting someone, uh, I, I would have thought, at receiver with, with yeah. one of the top 10 picks. So uh, I've, I'm, I'm hot on them. You know, they might not, um, you know, they'll still have issues or whatever, but I think they're really going to make a lot of progress. I'm still I'm still not sold. I, I can imagine 
I believe in um, in Robert Sala, but I can imagine it being same old Jets the next year. They have, like you say, they're pink. <laughs> they probably, um, yeah, the Jets stink. That that's a fact of the NFL. I think um, you're, you're forgetting about Mr. Uh, Braxton Berrios. At I was literally about yeah. to say Braxton Berrios. I was going to say yeah. at the minute so, Braxton so Berrios. Touchdowns against your books. <laughs> we still won the game. The we still won a bloody game. And also <laughs> for me. Braxton Berrios is not a positive. He's a bloody negative. I wouldn't want him as one of my top three wide receivers, which he currently is for them. Yeah, he's he, not going to be. He, he, no, it he shouldn't be. Um, but at the minute, but he's he still is. done it I against the box. So that's worries about this roster. Years. All right, all right, all right, all right. The box poor piss poor secondary last season. Uh, a very injured secondary, I think you'll find actually. But um, on the Jets' tight ends as well, I'm not sold on Conklin and Uzoma. Uzoma uh, has barely 1500 yards in. He has less than 1500 yards in seven seasons. I think never got more than 500 year, uh, yards um, in a, in one season. And you're signing him to quite a, a sizable contract off the back of his career year, which is often not a very not a very good idea. Um, he, he had success in that offense with the Bengals, obviously, but is that a product of, of Joe Burrow and that offense doing yeah. so well? So I, I think for me, the Jets still have a lot of. Playoffs. He was good. He, he had a, a great season, uh, a, a good season, but I don't know if that was more of a, a product of, of what the Bengals were doing rather than his quality yeah. as a starting tight end. And you give him a three-year, twenty-four million uh, contract. I still have a lot of questions about this Jets team. It's, yeah, a, no, it's a great, understand. great topic, really. I think it's quite interesting. You can look at it from both angles, like we have, really. Um, yeah, but it's we'll... going to be exciting to see how they get how they fare next year. Yeah, for division. sure, for sure. But yeah, we'll move on now. So, Harry, let's um, hear a winner or a loser from you then. Uh, so I'll switch it up, and I'll I will go with a loser. If I was going straight up with a franchise, it would be the Cleveland Browns, because they have completely lost my respect, and I've, I think they've lost uh, the respect of. A lot of people around the league, yeah. including the owners, actually, uh, at, at the Combine and uh, other owners' meetings and stuff, um, it's been reported that the the rest of the owners, the other 31 owners, are far from happy with, with the Browns for giving Deshaun Watson, of all people, who's not played in a year, who might be facing a suspension and obviously has all of these allegations against him, giving him such a record-breaking guaranteed money contract. Obviously, that, that opens a door for some ridiculous quarterback contracts in, in the next few years, even you're looking at um, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, etc. I also wanted to say that um, I'm, a, I'm a Baker Mayfield truther. I think he's been not only treated harshly, but by the whole NFL media, the whole NFL world, it, I think he, yeah. he's quite un, underrated. Um, no, I agree. Last year, he, he suffered a torn labrum in, in week two, which is... Uh, not a great injury for a quarterback to get, obviously. Um, while making a tackle of all, it was off the back of his interception, fair enough, but it was making a tackle. And I think that that that's what you get from Baker. He, he, he's so passionate and that kind of that sums it up for me. That's how he did it. But he also suffered so many other, so many other injuries. Halfway through the season, he broke his humerus and had to wear, he literally, when he played the rest of the year, he had to wear a a cast or a harness to, to stop it from yeah. repeatedly dislocating, which is insane. And I, I think um, Case Keenum, before the he played the final game of the season and before before he did in the press conference, he said, uh, I've had a front row seat to one of the gutsiest, toughest performances of quarterback playing in a season that I've ever seen. It was a small miracle to get him on the field some weeks. 
so there's reports that, that some didn't like him in the in the dressing room. There's been some rumours of discontent. But for me, I, I think, like we said earlier, Kyle Brandt said that, that he's akin to Sam Darnold or someone like that. For me, he's shown way more than that since his way time more. in the league. He's got plenty more talent. And while his attitude is going to rub some people up, up the wrong way and he's got a lot of learning to do, I think he can, can still be a good starting NFL quarterback, uh, which he's the whole league doesn't believe right now. Yeah, he's literally had, what, like three or four seasons uh, in the NFL. Um, as you said, whole last season. Four, yeah. yeah, injured the whole whole way, really. You know, even as you just said, a miracle to get him on, but he was still there battling. And I think everyone's just forgetting about the season he had before. You know, he, he really did help the, the Browns make the playoffs. And yeah. uh, they looked they looked they looked like a really good team. And they, you know, you could really see something building there. You know, Baker was it was his best season and everyone's just forgotten about it. Just they went out they went out season. to the Chiefs as well, like in the divisional round, I think it was, too, and they nearly beat the, the Chiefs. They beat, so. And they beat the Steelers, I'm pretty sure. In, yeah, exactly. The they got that. over their voodoo over the Steelers, they smashed them. So quickly how how things can change yeah no i I agree with you there baker underrated definitely uh reese you got any baker mayfield takes i think the way he's been treated by the browns has been pretty horrible really to add to the animosity around the deshaun contract and stuff i think the way that they they told him that he was going to be there next year pretty much yeah he's been He's been live and saying that recently, saying that they told him he was going to be there and then they've done something completely different. And I think to, to treat a quarterback that, as you said, has done a lot for them, I think it was some, some crazy amount of time that they weren't in the playoffs and he finally got them there. Yeah. And then now they're just treating him like he's nothing. But he, he's a big part of that, that franchise. Yeah, and there were you could a lot of Brown fans feel affinity for him because obviously there were other factors and they drafted well and, and finally got an actual roster. But he helped take them because it was a mindset and a culture thing. He take taken from the worst, absolutely the worst team in the league to to not far from the Super Bowl. Um, yeah. But that I think as this podcast goes on, I'm going to have to learn not to waffle so much because they. I said they are not even my losers, uh, the Cleveland Browns. I was actually going to go with Bill Belichick because um, I'm pretty sure he's losing his mind. Uh, he's got about six staff around him now, like Joe Judge, Matt Patricia, two of them are his sons, just guys he knows, guys that he know know the Patriot way. Um, he traded the Bucks, Shaq Mason, a starting guard, had a PFF grade of, of 80-something last year. A good quality starting guard in the NFL goes for a fifth. So what is he just doing Tom Brady a favour there? Is he what is going on there? They've still not got an offensive coordinator. Not sure how that's going to work. I think there's been some rumours that Bill Belichick is going to do it himself, but feels like he's just getting tired of life at this point. Um, and yeah, they lost JC Jackson as well um, to yeah, the yeah, Chargers. Yeah. Made the Pro Bowl last season. You know that's another. I I don't get why they why they've let him go away. They've they've only re-signed like. They've signed nobody like in free agency, basically. They've just re-signed players that Belichick loves, like James White, Jason McCourty, that have been there and that he knows know the Patriots way again. So um, uh, The, the only one have... I would just say, I, I didn't mind the Jabril, Jabril Peppers addition at safety uh, from the Giants. I don't think he's a bad addition, but yeah, yeah. You, you're clutching at straws, really. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I can see that being a good addition, but again, look at what other teams have done. Look at what the rest 
of the AFC East has done. Miami's gone big. Um, yeah. The Jets we just spoke about, and and the Bills have probably got even better. So, um, I mean, people have probably been saying stuff like this for twenty years, and Bill Belichick keeps proving them wrong. But I'm looking at it and. Last year, watching him, it looked like he's getting a bit ragged. I think, was it last year or year before he, he chucked the phone down? Although he has been doing that a lot. So I'm, I'm probably wrong to not be trusting Bill Belichick at this point, but I think he might be slowly losing his mind. Well, well, be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, so, super interesting division next year. For sure. Um, Reese, let's hear, yeah. we'll get on to your loser then. Uh, wait, 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 just before... I, after I just called out an interesting division next year, I see you shaking your head. Why are you shaking your head? Not interesting. The Bills think, have got it locked up. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think there's any doubt there. We've touched <laughs> on the Jets. We're not sure how that's going to go. The Patriots, are, they're having a, a bad time of it. They were, I consider them for my losers, but there's only one loser, and that's the cards. You know, they've lost some major pieces in Christian Kirk and Chandler Jones. The scrutiny over the K-1 situation, which we've already touched on, I think you're, you're very short at wide receiver and I think cornerback now. So I think you've just had a terrible time of it and I, can't, I don't see how you're going to get out of it. I don't, I, just, don't, I just don't see it happening. No, you just said that you can, there's so many positions that we need to address and we've not even really attempting to do that at free agency. There's so much pressure now on the draft and, you know, Steve Kime has not got a good track record there. Um, you know, we're probably just going to draft another fucking linebacker in the first round. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's really, yeah, Reese, you're right. It's, and you can see why, you know, Kyler's getting frustrated, you know, um, we're, we're standing still with, with declining, you know, some big changes need to happen. They, they really do. There's so many areas that need to improve and, I'm getting a bit worried. So I was listening to Pro Football Talk last night um, and Florio and Sims were talking about talking about the Kyler Murray situation. They had um, a lot of interesting theories, a lot of theories that kind of make sense, but they're, they're kind of outlandish. Um, so I'll just talk you through them now. Kyler Murray, desperate to get his contract now, which it does seem is true um, because he knows he's he's limited in some ways. Chris Sims was talking about, and he'd said a large portion of the league, if the slate was clean, would not pick up Kyler Murray, just flat out would not have Kyler Murray as a quarterback because of the sort of like their old fashioned football heads. That's how a lot of people are. Like they're not going to have a quarterback that's 5'10 or that sort of quarterback. Um, So maybe Kyler Murray, there is a, what was that? Ridiculous. (laughs) It's true though. Chris Sims is, saying that's what he's hearing from no no uh, it wouldn't surprise me like just yeah, how yeah, yeah. the sort of organization and people like that see things but that point of view to me is just outrageous if you got the talent he's proven how good he is like just pay him uh, mm. uh, the money as well you just said Injury <laughs> exactly that's another thing you're saying no. maybe Kyler Murray knows that uh, he's missed some games now maybe he knows like he needs to get paid now before it starts getting worse before the doubts start growing bigger before the injuries start I think, up, I think well, you does the nail on the head there you know hearing that makes a lot of sense to me mm. I, it would it would be a shame for an athlete that I said had such big ambitions to have an attitude like that but it does sound like a, a feasible theory I I, I I see it as 
he's he he's a very confident person. I think he's very confident in his own abilities. I don't think he has doubts in his mind, but it's more of just being sensible. You know, you see all of these quarterbacks who aren't even anywhere near as good in terms of quality, and they're getting paid so much money. Just look at the Kirk Cousins deal. You know, it's, it's outrageous. You know, anything can happen. You know, you, you might joke he's been injury prone, and they don't even joke about it. But um, <laughs> yeah, anything anything can happen. You know, next season he he could do anything, and he might not even be able to play again. You know, and all this time he's not been paid a big contract. You know, to me, I think it's just sensible and taking thing, looking at things in the right way, so he doesn't get screwed over. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. I don't think players should be hated on for for trying to get paid, um, but it just seems like this is the first year he's eligible for a contract. It seems like uh, if he's saying if he's putting out feelers that he's he's going to hold out if he's not getting contracts, it it does kind of seem like there are hints of desperation. But um, I, I went through and watched on Game Pass his last two games of the season um, last night. The Seahawks loss uh, in Week 18, and then obviously the playoff defeat to the Rams um, just yeah. to kind of because Chris Sims I was eating up everything Chris Sims was saying to be honest I was like this is interesting but I thought let me because I've always been a Kyler Murray fan let me go in and watch him um, and and kind of see for myself how, how he did at the end of the season and he is coming off a few injuries battling a few injuries or whatsoever but um, you could just tell like you can tell that there definitely will be NFL teams out there that that will not like that sort of player at all. He's yeah. too twitchy in the pocket. He struggles to stand up and, and evade pressure like in the pocket and, and still deliver that strike. And sometimes I think he is too twitchy. He's trying to get out of the pocket, which obviously can lead to the big play, but it can also lead maybe to a lack of consistency. However, yeah, I see what you're saying with that, but you, I think you got to take a pinch of salt with them games. You know, we the, the injuries we had at that point and the our receiving call was, you know, D-Hop was out. We had Antoine Wesley, who was one of the main receivers for us. You know, I, I think there's a, you, there's a lot of things uh, in them last few games uh, to take into account. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. What I was about to say is that, um, despite that, um, I was still super impressed by Kyler Murray, and I, I'm still in love with Kyler Murray, the the football quarterback. He still did some amazing things, and he was um, really let down by wide receiver drops, flags, uh, and, and stuff like that. Like it, the Cardinals, obviously, you started the season so well. It was it nine and 10 and oh, something like that? Yeah. Um, and then you fell apart and it just kind of, it had that feel of a franchise that had succumbed to injuries, succumbed to the, the sort of lack of form and was kind of falling apart at the end of the season, which can happen. However, as a Cardinal fan, it's, it's happened like twice in a row now, especially with Kyler Murray falling off at the end of the, at the end of the season. So do you have, do you have worries about that at all? Um, I, I do. And I don't, obviously it is concerning that, you know, the past two seasons we've had, we made such great starts and then, you know, we've it's, we've really tailed off. But if you look at it in a, more of a bigger picture, we've made improvements every year. You know, Cliff's taken us from, you know, uh, a team with only three wins and we, we were a playoff team last year. At, at times, we look like one of the best teams in, in the league. You know, uh, if these yeah. issues are addressed and we have the roster in the season, you know, I, I don't see any reason why we can't become, a, a, we're not, be another playoff team again. But, you know, there's a long way to go and a lot of stuff that needs to happen. Yeah. Definitely. I just wanted to ask you as well, similar thing, where, you, where you're at with Cliff Kingsbury right now? 
I was a bit concerned towards the end of last season. I, I didn't really like a lot of his play calls. Um, mm. So many times where we're going on it, or, you know, second and long, third and long, and he, he's just, you know, we're, we're going for plays and it, it, trying to get Kyler to throw 20-plus yard passes. And, yeah, it is his strength, but, you know, it'd be a bit more realistic, you know, get them short extra yardage, make it easier on third down. I wasn't impressed by that play calling, but, again, similarly, you know, we've made improvement every season. And he's still a young, a young uh, head coach. You know, there's a lot for him to learn as well. But you know, the, the organization clearly has faith in him. You know, giving him a new contract. So I know there is a lot of uh, noise around the Cardinal fan base that so they're not too sure on him. But I think he still deserves uh, some more time to turn things well, progress us further. Definitely, and and this could all, like you say, turn out to just be off-season noise. Maybe the contract gets signed. Maybe you make there's still a lot of good free agency out there. Maybe you draft well, you sort the team out or whatever, and every, everyone's feeling perfectly fine by week one. Get but some juicy trades in as well. Juicy trades. You need a bit of something. Something. We'll end that that segment there. No, we will not end that segment there. We're just going to take a short break and continue the winners and losers segment after that. Welcome back, guys. We've still got a couple of winners and losers to talk through. So, Harry, do you want to give us your winner? Yeah, so again, I'm probably going to waffle a bit here now because I wanted to choose the Bucks. Uh, be... <laughs> obviously. Well, yeah, obviously because they're such a big winner. Um, <laughs> no, I didn't want to be so boring, but like with the return of Tom Brady, um, we've dealt with all the adversity like a few months ago. If you ask me what what our season is going to be like. I do not you were know. Crying. I, you I were was crying crying every day. I couldn't sleep. It, it was real stressful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but then Tom Brady announced his retirement and I've, I've slept like a baby ever since. We, his um, uh, yeah, his return from retirement, his fake retirement. But obviously we also had um, Alex Kappa leave uh, in free agency to the Bengals and... Um, Ali Marpet retired on the offensive line. So that's quite a big gap. And that's uh, probably the most important thing to sort out considering Brady as a quarterback. He's obviously not the most mobile. He needs time. He can't escape. And he's 44 bloody years old. Um, so we got Shaq Mason, which you touched on earlier. And, and we've had a couple of other um, additions to that offensive line. I think we're going to sort it out in the draft as well. Uh, yeah. But the Bucks also... we. Early on, it looked like we were losing Brady. We're probably going to lose Todd Bowles and Byron Leftwich, our offensive and defensive coordinators. But um, we've kept them both. And Todd Bowles is now a head coach, obviously, and, and Bruce Aarons is even still in the building. So, as a Bucks fan, I'm very happy with the off season we've had, and there should still be uh, a few more additions to come. Most notably, the return of Gronk when he when he can be bothered to to start showing up. <laughs> Um, but again, I'm waffling. But my main winner is clearly Tua Tonga Vailoa, who for the last year, year and a half, has had to deal with rumors that that the Miami Dolphins want to upgrade at quarterback. They were apparently in the market for Deshaun Watson for quite a long time. Really pursued that. Um, and while he, they have signed Teddy Bridgewater now, all indications seem that's purely as a backup. He's getting backup money, and it and it's just in support of 
of Tua rather than competition. So I think that right there is, is a benefit. That's uh, a really experienced, a really cool head that he can learn from. He can learn mm. the game from it. And it's a good addition to their quarterback room. Um, and then most obviously, you'd say, look at the weapons he's now got. He's now got Tyreek Hill one of the most explosive players in the NFL over the last 10 years. Um, and, and even now, they they signed Teron Armstead to a, to a big contract. He's the best tackle in free agency. That, that's a massive upgrade for them. That, that should be good for Tua, really good for Tua. They franchise tag Mike Gesicki, which um, he's a really good young tight end, as we know, almost a wide receiver even. So I think they've got a good good deal there and they they should look to lock him, lock him up long term. The D has improved as well and made a few additions to that D line. Tua went 16 touchdowns, 10 interceptions last year, a bit, a bit up and down, a bit, a bit meh, to put it bluntly. Um, so while his, his situation for me has improved massively, tenfold at least, um, the pressure is is on now. He has to start performing, or they will look away. They will look in the draft next year or, or look for a big swing because they're obviously ready to win now. They're ready to challenge for this division they think the Patriots reign is over and they're ready to go big uh, I can see Reese again Bill's reign, <laughs> that's not what Miami think and they'll be expecting big things from Tua this year so I'm excited to see how it all pans out I'm a bit of a Tua believer I think he will come good there's some things that he's elite at in the NFL already which gets kind of lost over uh, yeah, we end up break his back again or something but yeah I'm, I'm super interested to see how the um how the Dolphins fare this year and how Tua does in particular. Yeah, I've, I've been quite impressed. Um, uh, as you said, uh, the, with the weapons as well, you know, obviously they, they got Jalen Model there who had a, you yeah, know, a few season, over a thousand receiving yards and six touchdowns. Most ever um, receptions by a rookie wide receiver, I believe. Yeah. You know, then with Tyree Kill as well, you know, that's, um, you know, that's two massive, two very you know, top of the end wide receivers. Yeah. And I was also impressed with a couple of other depth moves they made uh, receiver. Uh, they got in Cedric Wilson from the Cowboys who um, played, yeah. he was, um, he had performed quite well. He had to fill in uh, quite a few times uh, with the injuries uh, at Dallas last season. And also yeah. Trent, Trent Sherfield from the 49ers. Uh, again, it's just added more a bit more depth uh, to that offense. Uh, and Chase Edmonds as well, Raheem oh, Mostert, Raheem Mostert, yeah, Miles Gaskin as the running backs. You know, it's a different um, different team now. Yeah, so they're really beefing up that um, offense, and um, they even without these additions, you know, they started um, one and seven, but to end, they ended up finishing nine and eight. So even the progression from from the same yeah. season, let alone with all these additions, you know. Like, yeah, the Dolphins, they could be the main challenges for, for the Bills. Definitely, but there are still big question marks there. Obviously, they've got new offensive coordinator. They need Tua to take the next step. Will he be explosive enough? Will he be able to find Tyreek downfield? So, um, definitely big question marks. But like I say, exciting to see how it goes. Reese, you worried about the Dolphins at all? Tyreek Hill, I think, but, you know... Um... I'm not. I'm not willing to jump on the hype around the Dolphins. To be honest, I, I'm not a big believer that Tua can do it. Um, and I think you know it'd be be nice to get another little challenge to get to the playoffs again. But you know, I'm not a big believer in what you, Tua can do. Wait, you're saying you're so confident at this point? You you you're wanting challenges. <laughs> yeah, nice yeah that, that, that's the, just, <laughs> you know. 
We had a little bit of a shaky end towards last season where the parts thought they could go yeah. So it'd be nice to have a little bit of a, bit wow. of a challenge to get you, think, you think the Bills are so good so that you'd like a bit of a challenge? Yeah. I think I think we're gone clear this year. I honestly do. Uh, do you think you've gone clear in the whole AFC as well, just rather than the AFC East? Because that is a very strong-looking AFC. the biggest part of that Tyreek Hill deal benefits mm. us i think when we get to the playoffs yeah and we inevitably come up against the chiefs i think that is a, that's going to be a massive benefit for us to not have to, to play him in the normal season is going to be much better than having to come up against him in the playoffs i think i think we benefit from yeah, that no. deal that's a good point. You'd rather have Tua throwing to him against you than Mahomes throwing to him against you yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, that'll do for the Dolphins then. Ash, I believe you have a loser for us. Yeah, I think one of, one of the clear losers, well, I'd say they're even more of a loser than the Cards, uh, but the Falcons, um, you, I just looking at their roster, it, it, it just stinks. It's awful. It's yeah. real stinky. You know, <laughs> uh, they've got... <laughs> You know, the only player really there, you've got Carl Pitts. Yeah, obviously, I think he's going to be elite, but... The only player there is yeah, Carl Pitts. They've got Calderell Patterson at running back, who's, you know, mm. he, he can do everything. Mm. And he, he's proven it for years, how good he is. And he was great last season, but he's 31, you know. <laughs> and the, the QB situation, obviously, trading Matt Ryan to the Colts, probably not a bad deal. Um, but I still took a 40 million dead cap hit. Um, didn't get Deshaun. And they've got Marcus Mario, which I don't think is bad, but unless they draft somebody early on, which I've heard maybe Desmond Ritter, um, that he's going to, either way, this QB class is is not anywhere near uh, as, as it was this last season. So, I think they've really shot themselves in the foot sniffing about Deshaun. They had a long-term quarterback there in Matt Ryan and being showing that disloyalty like the Browns did with Baker. Matt Ryan just hasn't stood for it. He's he, he turned around and said, "If you don't give me this much money, that I'm not staying." Inevitably left because of the disrespect. I think they are major losers. I uh, Matt Ryan, I, I do respect him for getting out of that. I, he he has every right to be pissed off at, at how that situation has gone. But I kind of see it in maybe a slightly different way. Yeah, they have the worst roster in the NFL and. Yeah, they made a, a mockery of themselves by going after Watson and then losing Ryan. But I think maybe long term, that's the best thing for them to get rid of Ryan now. They, yeah. they probably should have got rid of him while he still had some value last year. Uh, they're they're in got... full tank mode now, you know. And yeah. they got a third for Matt Ryan. He's 36. I, I know that it could be quite young for a QB, but I, I don't know if he's got that many seasons left. Um, no, I don't think so. I don't think they had any chance of... of winning the Super Bowl or getting close right, with Matt Ryan before he retired. So yeah. I think it was the best thing to get rid of him now and, and start this full rebuild. Hmm. Uh, you look at receiver as well. That's a complete and utter shit show. Yeah. yeah. Calvin Ridley got suspended. Uh, yeah. Russell Gage has gone to the Bucks, yeah. And uh, there are only other receivers. They've got Damian Bird and Auden Tate, you know. It's, it's laughable, actually. Yeah, it is. It really enough. is. Um, but yeah, no, there's not too much to about the Falcons. They're just in full full tank mode, and we'll see what happens from there. That was another reason I was I was saying the Bucks are, are such big winners. Um, every other NFC South 
team, the Saints, the Panthers and the Falcons were in after Deshaun Watson. Uh, not only does he not go to any of them, but he goes to the AFC. So, I mean, you think the Bills have got the, the AFC East locked up, then the Bucks definitely have the NFC South locked up next year. And apart from Jameis Winston makes me nervous, but... <laughs> Trevor Simeon seemed to do the job last season. (laughs) Hey, we still won the division despite getting fucked by the Saints in the regular season. Harry, don't you have a um, jersey with Winston on the back? Yeah, I do actually. It's still in my bottom drawer. It needs to be. (laughs) Do you like it in W's, Disco? (laughs) (laughs) There was not much WE in when he was actually a a Buccaneer, just only in the pre match chats. <laughs> well, anyway, move, moving on, we've all picked someone that we would like our teams to draft with the first pick that we have in the draft. So, do you want to start us off, Ash? Yeah, well, as we just said, uh, we could go anywhere, really. Uh, there's so many areas to address for the Cardinals. Um, I'll, I'll go for a bit more of one that I, I'd like. Uh, perhaps a bit more ambitious, but I don't think we'll do it. But I would quite like a, a ride receiver in the, in the first round. Um, I think we do really need to add a, a, another weapon uh, for Kyler and um, to, to go with D-Hop. Um, but then again, I know it's a deep wide receiver class, but um, if, them, if those top five or so get drafted before our pick, you know, that might may more, make more sense for us to uh, leave the receiver and perhaps uh, get one in a later round yeah. uh, and perhaps get a better option. Um, so, But I think we could potentially, um, if it depends on how it falls, we could get somebody like Traylon Burks. Um, I think he'd, he'd be great. I know he's visited um, the Cardinals. Um, he hasn't got electric speed, but he's a bit more of like a sort of a dynamic and multiplayer uh, receiver. He, he bases his game around Debo Samuel. Um, and, you know, he, he's a great slot receiver. He can play action and screens, you know, just sort of give him the ball. Um, Chris Sims, I remember saying something he said, he just makes shit happen. And Fair with enough. Rondale Moore there, with D-Hop, you know, I think Rondale had a had a solid rookie campaign. He could really grow up, grow this season. Uh, add in another weapon with Traylon Burks. Um, somebody like that, if he falls, might not. We might have to look lower down. But, uh, yeah, somebody like him. Or, as I said, we could go – there's so many options where we could go. You know, corner is an issue. But I know we've also hosted um, George Karlaftis, um an edge from Purdue. Uh, you know, he'd be in directly to replace Chandler Jones. 10th ranked overall on PFF big board, edge number three. Young, strong, adds a powerful presence. Um, I know he, he still needs to learn some more pass rush moves, but, um, you know, he's a sort of, you know, the top edges that you're going to see go potentially in the first five picks, you know, Aiden Hutchinson, Caden Fibberdose, but somebody like George Kalaftis, you know, I think he could really add some nice quality to our pass rush. Yeah, if Kalaftis fell to the Cardinals, I think that would be a, a no-brainer, be an absolute... Uh, fantastic pick, but I have seen him. It, I think in one mock, I saw him go as high as one overall, or um, at least some people talking about the the possibility of that happening because um, of his ceiling. There's a there's apparently some NFL teams that will really like that skill set, and, and he could go he could go very high indeed, maybe even in the top five ten. So if he did fall to the NFL, 
uh, if he did fall to the Cardinals, that'd be a great pickup, as well as Traylon Burks, I think. Because, um, like I said, uh, I was watching those last two games of the season, and uh, what kept showing up was the impact of Chandler Jones. I know most of his sacks came in that first game of the season. He got like five, didn't he? Yeah. Um, but uh, he was it's just he the kept... pressure that he brings. You know, the defenses yeah. are always wary of him. He makes yeah. things happen. Yeah. yeah. So that 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 stood out to me. That's going to be a big miss for you. So I think. I agree. I'd either go wide receiver, worried about Hopkins getting on a bit. Um, he obviously had that injury last year. So I'd either go wide receiver or some sort of pass rusher to um to replace that impact of Chandler Jones. But like you say, you've got many, you've got many gaps. You, you could go in a few different we, ways. We we could literally go anywhere. We could even go corner. And again, it's all depending on who who's drafted where. You know, you you see all these mock drafts, and you know, most of them can go out the window if just one pick changes and it, it can yeah. have a domino effect so you know all we're doing now it's all hearsay but you know it's interesting to sort of look at potential players definitely definitely um reese who are you looking at drafting with the, the bills they're at number 25 aren't they yeah i think it's 25 or 26 um, yeah reese. i had a bit of a dilemma when choosing my player for the first round of the draft but I was I was torn between a corner and a running back, but um, looking at the projections, I think the the really great cornerbacks are going to be gone by the time we pick. So I have went with Brees Hall at running back. Um, there's a few reasons for that. One being the the cap space situation we're facing with. Um, with the Josh Allen contract coming into effect, um, we gave that big contract, as we spoke about, to Von Miller and an extension to Sean, uh, Stefan Diggs. So I think that that's going to leave us in a sticky place when it comes to renewing the single tree contract. So I think getting in a running back like Brees Hall, who had... Um, 1,572 yards, which was the most yards in 2020 in college football. He was the third highest scorer that year, only behind Najee Harris and Devonta Smith. They mm. both started pretty well in the NFL. Definitely, yeah. Um, he was the highest point scorer in 2021 with 20 touchdowns, three of which were receiving touchdowns and 302 receiving yards. So I think that shows that he is a bit versatile as well. Can do it all. Um, it brings in cover for next year when we can't afford to have Devin with us any longer. And we've still got Zach Moss there as well. So I think it would be a good statement of intent to get a player like that in with us being called one-dimensional last season. Um, like Darren said that he wants to take the pressure off Josh Allen a bit. Towards the end of the season, the running game did start to show for a single tree. It was on fire in the postseason. But um, I think it would just be a great move overall to cover for what we've got coming next year. It'd be good planning and a guy like that could really take the pressure off Josh. Yeah, definitely. I think that would be the the ideal scenario for the Bills. And um, realistic as well. It it shows how the, um, the value is running back has decreased over the last five, ten years or whatever, that this guy's had an impressive college career and he's uh, maybe the consensus number one running back in the draft and he, he's 
looks like yeah. he might comfortably get to the Bills in 25. But um, Peter Schrager even had him uh, in the second mock draft today, moving getting to the Bills at 25. So I think I've, I've seen yeah. a lot of mock drafts where he has fallen, and you know you see in last year's draft the the top running backs like Najee Harris and ETN they were drafted very like late on around sort of. 20th overall between there so and when you look at the Bills offense uh you, you know you got Josh Allen Diggs etc that is the running back is you know that's the area I think you know that will elevate that offense to even new levels Definitely. and Reese take that pressure off Josh Allen Moss and Singletree haven't, like, haven't panned out uh, as you would have hoped and uh, like you say um uh Brees Hall is a is a bell cow running back. He can receive. He's a three down back, four down back, whatever. Uh, a bit of power, a bit of pace, and he can catch out the backfield. So PFF says he, he's ready to be a bell bell cow um, running back now. Uh, luckily, with Singletree and with Zach Moss, you don't need him to be. So I think that will suit both parties. You can ease yeah. him into the job, use him, uh, see how he adapts to the NFL, use him how however he's best and kind of ease him into it and and hopefully it adds that level of explosiveness if you're yeah. a Bills fan. So, Harry, let's move on to your draft pick then for the Bucks. Yeah, so again, Bucks have got a few holes, um, nothing too glaring that, that they need to sort, um, but they've got options. There's been some some chatter about the Bucks moving back maybe to get a, a couple of a couple of players of need in positions of need um, because we are missing some mid to late round picks. I think there's a third, fourth and fifth we might be missing or a, or a fourth, fifth and sixth. Uh, like I said earlier, we we lost Kappa and um, Marpet on the offensive line. So that's, that's somewhere we could definitely look at, especially given the importance in regards to Brady or whatever. Kenyon Green is a guy I've seen mentioned that the guard might fall might fall to us but um in my opinion the best the most smart pick realistically wise is um Devonte Wyatt interior defensive line he's a defensive tackle who has who has pace as well as a bit of power um Bruce Arians at, at the camp at the combine said obviously he's not a head coach now but he's still involved and he, he still knows what we need uh said we're looking for a bit of pace on that offensive line to go next to the man mountain that is Vita Vea um Obviously, we we've lost, or they're actually still free agents. JPP and Demican Sue. So our D line is is probably one of the biggest areas of concern at the minute. Um, and Devonte Wyatt offers that bit of speed. He's according to PFF the most explosive defensive tackle in this class, um, and he, he can really complement Vita Vea in the heart of that um, defensive line and, and help the Bucks continue to be one of the the best run defenses in the league. He might be missing a bit of strength um, and, and maybe missing a few pass rush moves might be a bit predictable at times. However, I, th I think um, without us needing any one position in particular, I'd throw another body in that D line and, and make sure that run run D is still up to scratch. Um, I did I did see earlier Peter Schrager talking about it. I think he had in his mock draft that um, the Bucks could be drafting a, a safety or, or a corner. Um, yeah. How would you feel about that? Because obviously you had the issues at secondary last season. Uh, Jordan Whitehead's gone to the, gone, gone to the Jets, but you have signed Keanu Neal from from Dallas, and also uh, Logan Ryan from the Giants. Um, but do you, could you see the Bucks going for a secondary in the first round? Definitely, that's probably the the third position I'd say um, is in our top three priorities. Um, I think it was Dax Hill. 
uh, from Michigan that uh, that Peter Schrager projected to come to us. Uh, like you say, we've lost Jordan Whitehead and we, we really struggled in the secondary, especially at the start of last season uh, with, with so many injuries. And on top of that, I think we've got a couple of secondary guys, Sean Murphy Bunting including, uh, included, that are up for um, contracts at the end of next year. So that is uh, another position I'd expect us to fill fairly early in the draft. Um, and Dax Hill from Michigan State, the same same college as... Tom Brady, maybe that could definitely be a play. Well, any excuse to get Tom Brady's name mentioned, isn't it? Oh, yeah. What a horrible person I am for bringing up the best player in NFL history. <laughs> That's all we ever hear. Tom Brady this. What? That. what? That's right. He was the best quarterback in the league last year. Should have been MVP, as you know. Okay, so that's all we've got time for. I hope everyone has enjoyed listening to our first episode. Um, obviously, we'll, we'll get better. We'll, we'll improve as we go. You know, Let us know your thoughts, anything that you'd like us to hear. Um, you can find us at Throw In Rotation on Twitter. Give that a follow. Share it with everyone. Yeah, join us next week where we'll have a look at the QB drama surrounding the NFL. Uh, there's plenty to d- discuss there. And we're also going to have a look at um, the draft picks and the potential destinations for them. So I hope you all enjoyed. Listen again, and we'll see you next time. Up the mafia. Ciao.